Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Pastor Bernard Karyukimbogua. Pastor Bernard is a resident pastor at Grace Point Church. Hey there, welcome to Truthful Thursday. Focus on the family. Every Thursday, we reflect on issues, relationships, and marriage. But since this is our mission, Emphasis Month at Grace Point Church Kikuyu, we've taken a one-month break from the relationship segment to engage on a one-month evangelistic theme. One more for Jesus. Hashtag, we cannot help but speak. Growing up as a young boy, I loved the movie Titanic. Today, I share with us a story whose setting is the RMS Titanic ship. I also want to share with us a story of a man I bet we should all emulate. This man is called John Harper. John Harper was a Scottish Baptist pastor who was born in the year 1872 in a Christian home in Glasgow, Scotland. He became a Christian at the age of 14. From that time on, he began to devotedly tell others about Jesus Christ. At the age of 17, he began to preach, going down the streets of his own village, pouring out his soul in passionate pleading for men to be reconciled to God. It said, that after five years of toiling on the, streets, on the street corners, preaching the gospel and working in the mills during the day, Harper was taken in by a reverend cutter of Baptist Mission in London. This set Harper free to devote his whole time and energy to the work so dear to his heart, evangelism. Soon, in September 1896, at 24 years, Harper started his own church. This church, which he began with only 25 members, numbered over 500 by the time he left 13 years later. During this time, Harper had been both married and widowed. Before he lost his wife, God blessed Harper with a little daughter, Nana. In 1912, while traveling on the Titanic, the ship hit an iceberg. The daughter Nana, who died in 1986 at the age of 80, remembers being woken up by her father way into their journey about midnight, and there was an urgency in his voice. His father told Nana that their ship was sinking and another ship was just about to rescue them. But as a precaution, he was going to put her in a lifeboat with another cousin who had accompanied them. As for Harper, he would have to sit until the other ship arrived. But sitting, he did not. He actually went scouting for men and women in need of Jesus, inviting them to a better kingdom. The rest of the Titanic story is a heart-wrenching tragedy. Little Nana and her cousin were rescued and saved, but the ship they were on, where they left their dad, Pastor John Harper, 
collapsed and sunk. That night, when the Titanic struck the iceberg, there was a Scotsman who had clung to a piece of floating debris in the chilling cold water, and a wave brought John Harper closer to him. John Harper himself was holding a piece of the wreckage of the ship. In this hazardous hour, John Harper called out, Man, are you saved? To which the Scotsman replied, No, I'm not. John Harper shouted back, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Though the waves carried Harper away, a little later he returned to the Scotsman, and this time he inquired, Are you now saved? No, he answered. John Harper shouted, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Then loosing his hold on the wood and the wreckage he was holding on to, John Harper sunk. And later, the Scotsman, with over two miles of water under him, this chilling, cold, icy water, trusted Christ as his Savior and was John Harper's last convert. The end. These stories are shared by Mark Dever in his book, The Gospel and Personal Evangelism. There is also a book written on John Harper dubbed The Titanic's Last Hero, the startling story of a pastor who set his only child on a lifeboat before setting his sights on the salvation of lost souls around him. Reluctant and fearful evangelists like you and I need the encouragement of men like Harper to wake us up from our slumber. And I pray that at our workplaces, God would raise John Harper's in you and I to boldly shine the gospel torch. Today, I want us to think about our colleagues at work. There would be those who would work so well that our outstanding performance would cause many to reckon that we are Christ's followers. We could also pray for spiritual hunger praying that our colleagues at work would become dissatisfied with the Kenyan dream of financial rewards, big promotions, corner offices, travel abroad, and instead be searching for something that will last forever, even Jesus Christ. We can also trust for gospel opportunities at our workplaces to present Christ verbally and clearly at our work places. So the day for this week, why don't you pick a colleague or two for this week? Pray for them. Trust God for gospel opportunities to share Christ with them. Or perhaps invite them to your local church and feast on the gospel together. Or perhaps take them out for lunch or a coffee date and then introduce them to the maker of heaven and earth. For now, let us pray for our colleagues at our workplaces. Lord, thank you for the gift of work. Would you help us as your followers to be those who work well 
and with excellence. To be those who give our best, not only when our bosses eye is on us. Help us to be those who render more and better and excellent and commendable services at our workplaces than is expected of us. Help us to go over and above our JDs. Help us, O Lord, to deliver every day more than we are getting paid to do, to put out more than is expected in all that we do. Help us for your glory and fame at our workplaces to go the extra mile and to do so with sincerity of heart and with reverence for you, our Lord and King. We pray for our colleagues who have lost jobs in the last two years due to COVID-19 and other circumstances, that you would grant them peace of mind and heart. Would you meet with their personal needs and provide for their families? We pray that the pain of losing a job will not be wasted. Would you use it for the saving of many by showing them of your sufficiency and reliability over and beyond their work. And for our colleagues who do not know you, those who live in direct and indirect opposition to you and to the gospel, those who have made a God out of their work, those given to corruption, immorality, a promiscuous life, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, brutal, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy. Lord, we pray that you would circumcise their hearts, that they would yield and be submissive to you as Lord and Savior. Even those who are not these things but have believed in the lie that they are good and they do not need a Savior. O oh Lord, in place of their hard, cold, dead hearts of stone, would you give them a heart of flesh? Would you put your spirit in them? For your spirit is life. Would you take residence in them and with them? Put your spirit in our colleagues at work and cause them to walk in your statutes, to obey your rules. We pray for spiritual hunger, that our colleagues would become dissatisfied with mere financial rewards with mere big promotions, instead be searching for Jesus. We pray for gospel opportunities at our workplaces. O oh Lord, provide situations that would allow us to share the gospel with our colleagues. Lord, you help us to make the most of every of these opportunities and to present the gospel plainly and with clarity. And in our relationship with our colleagues at work, may our conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Would you have mercy on our colleagues? Would you save our colleagues? Would you raise John Herpes? These daring people, men and women in us, would be sharing your gospel with confidence, with courage, with clarity. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Till next Thursday, it's bye-bye for now.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.